Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we are going to be previewing the 7 p.m. Saturday slate of college football games on DraftKings. Uh, shout out to DraftKings. They're just getting their prices out sooner than FanDuel right now. So that is why they are getting uh, this slate for them. Now, obviously, on FanDuel, all of these opinions will still apply on these players. Uh, just know that the prices will be a little bit different and the slate themselves will be a little bit different. But anyway, that's what we got here on this episode. Football season is now in full swing, so we have a lot of content coming your way with both NFL and college. If you missed it over Labor Day weekend, I recorded an episode with my friends Zach and Marcus, and we talked about our week one FanDuel lineups. Check that out on the podcast feed, and then we will have more NFL content coming your way later on over the weekend. And if you want any of my specific lineups for any DraftKings or FanDuel slate, uh, make sure to check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. A lot of good tips and a lot of good picks on there as well. All right, let's hear a quick word from our friends at Anchor, and then let's get started with the picks. All right, let's start off our breakdown this week with the quarterback position. So the highest-priced quarterback on the slate is Dylan Gabriel of Oklahoma at $9,500, and he is highest-priced for a reason. Uh, you know, we talked about him last week. He put up huge numbers at UCF. He's going to put up huge numbers at Oklahoma. Last week was just kind of okay, but I definitely think he has the highest floor of any quarterback, and that is what earns him this premium pricing. I think he's a great option in cash games. I don't think you're going to win a GPP with Dylan Gabriel in your lineup because he's probably going to be highly owned, and that price tag is just so much. I think there's other guys that have an equal ceiling as him, but not the same floor. I think you're paying for the floor, not the ceiling. Now, it is worth noting that when you look at the over-unders and the point spreads, Oklahoma does have the highest implied team total on this slate playing against Kent State. So Oklahoma is going to obviously put up some points in this one. And like I said, Dylan Gabriel, very safe option, very premium-priced option. I don't think I'm going to get there in a GPP, but I do think he makes a good cash game option because of that safety. Now, speaking of Oklahoma, Caleb Williams is $9,000, the recent transfer to USC from Oklahoma. Now, Caleb Williams is hard to get a read on because of the quality of the opponent they played last week in Rice. I mean, Rice is just not very good defensively, and so USC could kind of do whatever they wanted. The score could have been whatever they wanted it to be. So we don't really know how Caleb Williams is going to be used just yet there at USC. He gets a much tougher matchup this week against Stanford, so I could kind of see it going either way. Between the two of them, I would rather pay up for Gabriel than Caleb Williams, but I definitely think Caleb Williams does have a pretty high floor and a very high ceiling as well from what we saw last year at Oklahoma. Looking down the board a little further, we've got Davis Brin of Tulsa at $8,000. This is projected to be a shootout because it has an over-under of 63.5, and Tulsa is actually favored in this game, which is not something that happens every week. Um, but the Tulsa offense is going to be one that throws it all over the yard. Davis Brin had 52 pass attempts in week one, so no matter what the game script is, no matter what the... Um, situation ends up being Davis Brand is going to be throwing the football and at $8,000 that's a decent value for a guy that's going to be attempting that many passes and also has an opportunity to score this many points. Now, the big winner of week one in fantasy for quarterbacks was Spencer Sanders of Oklahoma State. He probably won people a lot of money on Thursday night if you had him and he is $7,700 this week. Now, Oklahoma State is favored against Arizona State but this is much different competition than Central Michigan, uh, much better defense than Central Michigan, much more talented athletes than Central Michigan. So I do not think that it's reasonable to expect him to repeat with a 50-point performance. 
However, that is his absolute ceiling. He's flashed his absolute ceiling last week. So, you know, when you play Spencer Sanders, there is a chance he can score 50 points. And while I don't think that's on track for a repeat, I think he makes for a very attractive play in tournament formats because of that ceiling. Next down the board is Anthony Richardson at $6,800 of the Florida Gators. He was super cheap last week. Uh, DraftKings kind of mispriced him a little bit. It's almost like they were just expecting him to be, you know, not very good. But he was outstanding last week against Utah. And call me crazy, I actually think Utah has a better defense than Kentucky, which is the one he's playing this week. So I think that we could actually see more points out of Richardson this week from what we saw last week just on paper. But the question becomes is how he scored his points going to be sustainable. Last week, he had over 100 rushing yards and he had three rushing touchdowns. He is a running quarterback. He is a dual threat quarterback, but three touchdowns from your quarterback on the ground. I don't know if that's going to be something that happens every week. So while I don't know if he will necessarily repeat last week's performance, if he just gets in the end zone with his legs once, he's still going to be able to pay off this price tag here at $6,800. Speaking of Florida quarterbacks, Emory Jones, the transfer from Florida now at Arizona State is $6,000. This is a super price drop from where he was last week when they played Northern Arizona. And much like what I said with Caleb Williams, the quality of the competition doesn't allow us to get a great feel for what Emory Jones' fantasy outlook is going to be. I think Emory Jones has a very high ceiling. He is a dual threat quarterback and, you know, dual threat quarterbacks, it's what we like because they can get those rushing points. And this $6,000 price tag is very reasonable, honestly. Um, and I personally think that the way Oklahoma State plays defense is a good matchup for a dual threat quarterback. Oklahoma State, if you missed me talk about this on the podcast last week, they are known for playing a kind of new age three high safety defense, which is designed to stop a lot of the spread offenses, a lot of the passing attacks that you see in the Big 12 these days. And you know, if you're playing with three high safeties, it takes one guy out of the box. And so if you're running quarterback, that's going to lighten up that box a little bit, allow him to get a little more room on the ground or force Oklahoma State to do things out of what they normally do and play with two high or play with one high safety. So I think this is a good matchup for Emory Jones. This game is going to have a lot of points scored in it. Uh, so I think that $6,000 price tag is going to be very reasonable for Emory Jones this week. Now, last two on the board that I would even consider playing, these are more bargains um, than anything else, but Will Levis of Kentucky is $5,700. You know, Levis is a great NFL prospect. He's super duper talented, but I think his ceiling is capped this week a little bit by his opponent. You know, he's going up against Florida. Florida is a very good defensive team from what they showed in week one, and he's not exactly the biggest runner. And a lot of the quarterbacks that we have on this slate are dual threats that can get points with their legs. So I think that that is a super duper reasonable price tag for Will Levis, but I don't know if I'll get there because I just don't know if his ceiling is that high because of the quality of competition and the lack of rushing uh, totals. The last one that I would consider is Colin Schley of Kent State at $5,400. This is a super duper dart throw if you play him just hoping to get lucky. He only scored 13.8 fantasy points last week against Washington, and his team last week actually scored 20 points in the game. You know, I think Kent State will be able to put up some points against Oklahoma. Um, you know, Oklahoma is not exactly known for playing smothering defense. So I think that Kent State will be able to put up some points in this one. Uh, I just don't really know if all of those points will be by Schley. But if you're looking for a guy that, you know, has a very low price tag 
and has a reasonable chance at hitting his ceiling, I think this is a guy you can target. And I think he's going to be super duper low owned in all tournaments and cash games. All right, so that is my preview of the quarterback position. Let's go ahead and talk about the running backs. When it comes to the running back position this week and with the wide receiver position, I do want to point something out. Everybody on DraftKings now is able to see the average point total for every player on the season so far. You know, the way I said that the season so far didn't indicate that it's only one game. So when you're going through and building your lineup, that average is going to show exactly what they scored in week one. Everybody can see that. So what's going to happen is with a lot of lesser experienced players, ownership is going to tend to gravitate towards the guys who scored very well last week, especially the bargain guys who scored very well last week. So what it's going to be important to do is to assess how those guys scored those points is it repeatable and was it matchup dependent? You know, if a second string receiver scores a touchdown in a blowout game and has 12 points, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to want to go back to him this week. So, as we're looking at running backs, let's start at the top of the board. The first one is Sean Tucker of Syracuse at $9,400. Look, this guy is the real deal. He's got NFL talent at Syracuse, which is not something that happens very often. They're going to give him the ball a whole lot, and he's got a great matchup. He is the highest price running back for all of these reasons, and I think that I could kind of understand playing him at that price tag, especially in a cash game, um, and I could actually, actually really understand playing him at your flex or at your super flex this week at that price tag because he is just that dude. He's got a guaranteed workload. He's got a great matchup, and he's got the talent. You know, The price is there for those reasons. Now, I am avoiding both of the USC running backs this week, um, for the time being at least. I just think that last week didn't allow us to get a good grasp of what the carry share is going to be in an actual football game. Like I said, they could have made the score whatever they wanted to last week against Rice. I'm just not you know, entirely certain that if I play either of those two guys that they're going to get a certain amount of carries. So I'm just staying away this week. Let other people play them. You know, if you're playing a GPP and you want to go for a low ownership play, you know, go for it. But I just, I'm not getting there. I don't know what the workloads are going to look like. Now, my play of the night at running back is Tank Bigsby of Auburn at $7,400. Everything aligns for Tank Bigsby. Uh, like I said about Sean Carter, Tank Bigsby is an NFL running back. Like he's going to be drafted next April. Uh, and then everything else falls in line for him this week because Auburn has had very questionable quarterback play and they are a 24 point favorite. So they're going to score points. They're not really certain who their quarterback is going to be or how good their quarterback is. So guess what? They're going to be giving the football to Tank Bigsby. He's going to get a great workload. He's going to be able to run all over the place against San Jose State. I'm all over Tank Bigsby this week at $7,400. Looking a little bit further down the board, Eric Gray of Oklahoma is at $6,900. And he is the Oklahoma running back that I would want to play. I wouldn't want to play any of the other guys. I thought personally that Eric Gray had a great week one. He had over five yards per carry. He was their carry leader, but he just didn't find the end zone. You know, we're looking at his week one totally differently if he finds the end zone with a rushing touchdown. So I think he is the guy you want to play in that Oklahoma backfield. And I'm going to trust that eventually he's going to find the end zone. A little bit further down the board, Xavier Valade of Arizona State. Look, I had this one slightly wrong last week. Uh, Daniel Nada was projected to be the starter when it got into game time. They were listed as co-starters, and Xavier Valade got the lion's share of the work. Now, 
Arizona State, like I said earlier, their advantage in this game against Oklahoma State is going to be their run game. When they score, it's likely going to be on the ground with Emory Jones or with Xavier Valade or Daniel Nada. However, one thing that I do want to point out is if you're looking at the carries for Valade and Nada, it's going to be a much different game script than they saw week one. They're not playing Northern Arizona anymore. They're playing Oklahoma State. So I think that both of these running backs are options. I think that Arizona State is going to be running the ball. I would obviously prefer Valade to Nada, but obviously Valade is much more expensive than Nada. Now, another guy that I'm still on the train for is Dominic Richardson of Oklahoma State. He had just a very average pedestrian week one, um, but like I said, I'm still in on him. Spencer Sanders really stole a lot of the rushing touchdowns last week for Oklahoma State. I don't think that's going to be something that happens every single week. Oklahoma State is still a team that likes to establish that physical identity and run the football. This is not, you know, Mike Gundy's Oklahoma State teams of a decade ago. This is the new Oklahoma State. So I think that Dominic Richardson is going to see carries. I just think if he can avoid getting his touchdowns vultured by his quarterback, he's going to be an outstanding play week in and week out, especially if his price tag stays at $5,100. Now, the other running backs that I'm looking at are all for specific reasons. The first one is Keyshawn King of Virginia Tech. He is going to see the lion's share of the carries this week with Malachi Thomas out, and it worked out very well for him last week against Old Dominion. Now, obviously, the competition's going up a little bit this week, but if he's going to get that many carries, I like his chances at very much outperforming that price tag at $5,000. Next up is EJ Smith, $4,900, excuse me. He is the son of Emmett Smith, which I learned this week. And in my opinion, he's very mispriced. However, what that means is he's going to see high ownership this week because everybody knows what Stanford's about. Stanford is going to run the football, and they're going to be running EJ Smith against USC. Uh, Like I said, I think he's mispriced. I think he's going to be high-owned. So if you are playing him, it's kind of a high-risk play, but I do think he's very much going to pay off that price tag of $4,900. Last one I would consider at running back is Marquez Cooper of Kent State. He is only $4,000, and he is Kent State's workhorse running back. So like I said earlier, Kent State is not going to get shut out against Oklahoma. He's going to have an opportunity to score points, and the one that's going to be getting the carries is Marquez Cooper. So if you're willing to take a high-risk dart throw at the running back position, I think Cooper is the guy to take that risk on. All right, that covers it for the ground game. Let's talk about wide receivers. When it comes to the wide receiver position in college football, I'm always going to be a proponent of stacking. And stacking is when you play wide receivers that are on the same team as your quarterback, whether it be one receiver or two receivers for the same team. Or if you end up playing a quarterback in your super flex, if you want to go with, you know, one of each or two of each or two and one, one and two, whatever. But I like to play receivers that are on the same team as my quarterbacks. That way I only have to get one thing right. So in terms of my analysis this week for wide receivers, I'm going to talk about it in terms of stacks and what your options are. So the first one is Jordan Addison of USC, which means you will be stacking him with Caleb Williams at quarterback. And look, Jordan Addison, extremely talented player. He's going to be a first-round pick in the NFL, but I can't get there on this price tag. I just don't think that they're going to be putting up like 50 and 60 points against Stanford, so I just can't get there and pay $9,300 for him, even though he is obviously the guy for that receiving core. 
Now, the Tulsa offense provides some very interesting options. There is Juan Carlos Santana at $7,900, Keelan Stokes at $7,600, and Malachi Jones at $5,000. All of them had solid weeks last week. Like I said, Tulsa is a team that's going to throw it all over the yard. All three of these guys are going to be on the field you know, pretty much every snap, and all three of them are going to see targets. Obviously, the lower the price tag, the better, but Juan Carlos Santana, he is very talented. There's a reason he is $7,900, but if you plan on stacking, I think you give yourself more options for the rest of your lineup if you go with the cheaper option in Malachi Jones, or you could just play you know, two or three of these guys if you were just all in on the Tulsa offense this week. Now, the really interesting one, the really interesting receiver room is Oklahoma State this week, Okay. So hear me out. Brandon Presley is $6,500. He is priced like he is the guy that's going to be getting the most targets and like he is the number one wide receiver. Braden Johnson at $6,000 is that guy. He is going to be seeing the most targets. He is going to be seeing the most receptions. He had 10 targets last week. He is clearly Spencer Sanders' comfort zone. And then the last one, is John Paul Richardson at $3,000. Yes, I said $3,000. He is a minimum priced player, and he is the starter in this Oklahoma State offense. He Last week, he had four receptions for 73 yards and a touchdown. It's very clearly a misprice. If you play him, it is going to alleviate a lot of salary in your lineup. However, you're obviously at risk of other people finding him at this price and playing him as well. I think the only way you would know he was down there is if you sorted by points scored or if you just knew of him. You know, we were on him last week when he was min-priced and he did well for us last week. I see no reason not to go back to him. Um, but like I said, if people start finding out, there is a risk of him being very highly owned. But, you know, again, who cares if he's highly owned if he's $3,000 and gets you 17 points? Like that, That's a good proposition if he ends up actually getting some work. And like I said, he is a starter. He's going to be on the field. He's going to see the football. Now, with the Oklahoma State receiving room, there's also an injury. Jaden Bray is currently hurt, which means that Bryson Green, who is $3,900 on DraftKings, would be the fourth wide receiver that sees the field. So I think that any four of these guys are options. I don't think I would be getting there on Brendan Presley. I would much rather go with Braden Johnson. And I think that John Paul Richardson is going to find a home in my lineup, whether or not I stack him with Spencer Sanders. Now, there are four guys this week who are on underdog teams, teams that are you know projected to be behind in their game, and so they're going to be throwing, and all four of these guys are going to be target machines. Like They are the number one wide receiver in their offense, and that is Dante Cephas of Kent State at 5,600. I've already talked about how I don't think that Oklahoma is going to pitch a shutout this week, and Dante Cephas is Kent State's clear number one target in the wide receiver department. Zay Flowers of Boston College is $5,500. Now, he had a super big, huge week one for Boston College. He is like the only guy Phil Dracovic looks to throw to. I expect Zay Flowers to be very high owned in this one. Michael Wilson is then at $5,300. He's another option there if you're looking for a wide receiver that's going to see a big workload. And then Tavion Robinson of Kentucky is $5,100. He is another guy that he is like the guy. He's the guy Will Levis looks for. He's going to see a lot of targets. They're going to put the football in his hands. Now, one guy that I'm not giving up on is Drake Stoops at $4,700. 
I mean, Drake Stoops is still the starting slot for Oklahoma. He didn't see a lot of work last week, but I think that as the season goes on, he's that kind of guy that will be a guy that Dylan Gabriel will look for for safety and as an outlet. And, you know, I'm not giving up on him. I know he wasn't there week one, but he's just a guy that, you know, long-term I'm in on. I think that he is a guy that makes plays. He's always been solid in that Oklahoma offense when he's been in, and now he's going to have a chance to be in the game 90 to 100% of the time. Now, the Auburn and San Jose State game does present two very low-priced options, in my opinion. Javarius Johnson at 4,700 is Auburn's big play guy. You know, if they make any big plays in the passing game, it's probably going to be Javarius Johnson on a deep ball. And then Elijah Cooks at 3,600 is San Jose State's downfield guy. So if any big plays are going to be made in the passing game, it's going to be one of these two guys. And I think that they're both worth a shot at the price tag that they're currently at. Like I said, when it comes to wide receivers, guys, I'm going to be stacking with my quarterbacks. So whatever quarterback you end up playing, get their number one target, get their guy, maybe even get their number two target if you're really sold on that offense being a legitimate option this week. Uh, when it comes to building a lineup in general, last bit, and then we will be done. When it comes to building a lineup in general this week, I think that the mid-priced quarterbacks are the way to go. If you go with a mid-priced quarterback, it allows you to get some of those higher-priced running backs, somebody like a Tank Bigsby, uh, because I do think that the higher-priced running backs are the move this week. And then I'm probably, you know, whether or not I end up there on Spencer Sanders, I'm going to be playing John Paul Richardson at $3,000. Just the amount of salary flexibility that gives you is incredible. And then building the rest of my lineup with receivers and flexes that are stacks with the offenses that I like. All right, y'all. So that is the nightcap for college football week two. If you want my full lineups, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And if you want to see the early Saturday preview, check the podcast feed. It is up there as well as some NFL episodes as well. All right. Thanks for listening, guys, and hope y'all can make some money this weekend, whether it be FanDuel, DraftKings, NFL, or college football. Hope I can help you make some money. Thanks for listening. Thank you.